Welcome to the EQ4 podcast with me, Deborah McPhillamy. In this podcast, we talk about developing emotional intelligence as well as learning about social intelligence, how to handle your emotions in your relationships, in business, and in your life in general. I also talk to other experts in the field and I'll give you some tools, tips, and techniques to help you to be more EQ. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the Daily EQ Show with me, Deborah McPhillamy. Today, I speak to Eve Kelly. Welcome, Eve. Hi there. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you back again. And for those of you who watched our very first show, I introduced Eve to you as part of the EQ for All team. And we're just going to get into a little bit of a deeper discussion here about why EQ is so important to Eve and just to hear a little bit about her story. So Eve, you know, I asked you if you would speak about something really specific. And I just want to say that, you know, I think what we're about to talk about is really important. Um, it's very insightful and it's really helpful. So I just want to thank you for being brave and having the courage to talk about something that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about. It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to Eve and Eve just to be completely transparent, Eve is also part of my family, you know, this whole EQ way of living, our entire family is passionate about emotional intelligence. And years ago, when I started Teddy's Inc. and I was teaching children about being emotionally intelligent, um, Eve just fell in love with the whole thing. And especially because it was helping her son so much. And she said to me, I really want to work for you. And we've worked together for, I think it's about five years now. And it's just been incredible. But the one thing that Eve shared with my husband and myself, when they, her and her husband, my son and grandson visited us a few years ago, was she shared a little bit what it really feels like to be a person of color. Now, I have to be honest that I've never had a problem with color. I was very fortunate to, to, be, grow, to be brought up um, by parents who there was never any color issues for us. Um, you know, even when there was apartheid in South Africa, we had people of color in our homes. Um, we were friends. We just, there was no such thing as color. But having said that, I've never lived as a person of color. And I think sometimes it's important to try and understand how somebody else experiences life for us to develop our empathy so much more. So I had observed at times over the years, even my son Dustin have been together for was it 10 years, 11 years, 11. 11 years this year. And I had observed sometimes how other people had responded to her when we were out and went to restaurants and places and you know Eve was the only one in the family of color and I noticed the world um, responding differently even in this day and age but I don't know what it feels like to live in that skin and see what it's like from the other side and I've asked Eve today to tell us a little bit about that, because I think, you know, when, when you're developing empathy and you, you're trying to understand human behavior, I think it's, it's really relevant if you know what somebody else's experience. So Eve, I know this is a very deep conversation um, and we can go as deep or as light as we like, or as you like. Um, 
but tell me a little bit about growing up and realizing that the world was divided, that, that you become aware of that as a child, or were you always aware of that? Um, always aware of it. Always. Since mm. I can remember, it was you different from other people, and you stick to what you know, and you stick to your clan, and you stick to your group. And that's that's how it's like ingrained in us. We, it's mm. almost like we were born like that because we don't know anything except that. Yeah. That they, that we are different than the other people in the world. Yeah. So it hasn't been something that just spontaneously happened. Somebody just instantly treated me differently. It's mm. been it's always been like that. You know your position, where you're supposed to be. And this is how you behave in certain in certain um, circumstances. So it's it it was installed in us from a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you ever get to a point in your life when you were growing up where you know? Because I remember as a child, if I saw, for instance, we grew up quite poor, so we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't come from money, and you then suddenly, as a child, you become aware of other children that have things that you don't have, and they have nice, expensive toys, nice clothes. They don't wear hand-me-downs and all of that stuff. And there's there's sometimes in your little child's mind, and you go, "That's so unfair. I would also like to have that," or you know, "I would also yes. like to go on holiday," or so. Was there a time in your life that that you felt? where you went you know what I also want the privilege that white people have where you almost like start recognizing the unfairness of being treated yes. differently yeah it predominantly started in high school um I grew up in a colored community and my mother and my father said okay I want a better life for my child so we're gonna send when apartheid was abolished in 1994 Three, I was allowed to go to uh, all white school in 1994. So I was one of the first group of kids that went to a predominantly white school, Model C school. Mm. And in that transition, sitting there, just a group of 15 colored kids on a, on a green field surrounded by just white kids. Mm. And... That was the first experience that I've ever had where I felt threatened, where I felt unsafe. Mm. And because I'm, I'm not surrounded by my clan, I'm not surrounded by people that look the same as me, act the same as me, talk the mm. same as me. So that first day of high school was one of the worst days of high school. Mm. Complete anxiety because you now one of the ones that's stepping out. So you got that feeling of responsibility added onto you because you're one of the first ones that went to a white school. So mm. you need to carry our name high. And so that is also put, that pressure is also put on me sure. because I'm now one of the first kids in my colored community that's going to a white school. Mm. So it's not only pressure from my family, but it's pressure from the community as well. Because now... Mm. I'm carrying all of their hopes and all of their dreams on my back and having that feeling sitting there being isolated, just the 15 of us. It just, 
does something to you. It changes you completely. I can imagine because possibly before you felt, as you said, you felt safe, you felt protected because you were in an environment that you, that's what you were used to. That's what you knew. And suddenly you're thrown into this new environment. You don't understand it. You don't understand these people, their ways, their, their culture, their mannerisms. So you must exactly. have felt a little bit like a fish out of water. Yes. What do I say? Yabas, nibas. What do I say? Do I, do I say, do I greet them on the same level as I do, as we do? Do I look them in the eyes? Do I look down? Um, is my shoes clean enough? Is my clothes clean enough? for these kind of people. So it's a lot of things that plays in your mind at mm -hmm. that time. So yeah, I can't even explain it. But you know, and I, and I don't know why, I just felt so emotional the minute you said that, when you said, do I say, and Eve said it in Africa, and she said, do I say yes boss, no boss. And, and that like really hit me. And I don't know why it made me feel so emotional, but I think it's because of the, the segregation of where one race sees himself as superior to another race and enslaves them and suppresses them and puts them down and makes themselves better. And I think, I think that's why it really hit me strongly because for me, I've always been against apartheid. I've always been about equality. And I, and I remember growing up as a child when I, I suddenly realized that we had this thing as apartheid. Because that's interesting, like from a white person's perspective, I didn't know there was apartheid. I, I had no idea because we had uh, friends of, of color. As I said, there was no discrimination whatsoever. But I do remember that when I suddenly became aware of Nelson Mandela, um, I think I was a young teenager and they started talking about, you know, uh, Mandela wants to be free. I do have a memory of around about eight, nine years old where everybody was put on, um, what was that? Where they, where they had those curfews at night because of the, the struggles that were going on. And I remember my dad being given a gun. He'd never owned a gun before. And he was told, well, he had to be on patrol. Everybody took different terms. And, and that's kind of a vivid memory I have. But I remember as a young girl in my teenagers or early adulthood, when this apartheid thing was breaking and suddenly I became aware of it. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean there's segregation in this country? And I remember going through a stage feeling really angry and saying to my dad, why, why did your generation allow this? How, did, yeah. how, how is this possible? Why are people being rejected because of the color of their skin? And, um, and, that's, how, and that's how I felt every yeah. day of my, of my school life, basically. Because there's so many things that you have to in the colored community, we see we we are family, yeah, and we have each other's backs. And in this new environment, we were sticking together, and because we were sticking together, we was we were the complete outcasts. And that made me feel like, why, why do I have to fight to be a human being? Mm. Why do I have to fight to get a better education? Why do I have to fight for everything in my life? Why? I'm a human being. I've got the same, I've got blood running through my veins, the same as you do. The only thing is my, my skin color is different. 
My hair isn't as straight as yours. My nose isn't as sharp as yours. So there's like all of these things that play in your head and thinking about it, it's like so difficult trying to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. I want to be a success in life. How do I overcome that with all of this, with all of these bar barriers happening? Does that mean I have to fight for the rest of my life? Is that what it means? Yeah. So you walk in that, you walk in fear every step you take. So it was actually just a complete flip around where you feel safe all the time and walking in fear all the time. So it's like complete opposites of each other and we weren't prepared for it. We were just said, you can go to a white school now and parents were going crazy. And now they don't prepare your child to step into such an environment, which I saw as toxic at the moment, because the people that was the principal, the governing body, all of those should have prepared for that first day of school where we felt safe, where we mm. felt comfortable. So that's, that's what everybody wanted was just yeah. to feel free. And we couldn't feel free because we were captivated by our community. We're being held hostage from the white community. We're being shot at, at from this community. And it was very difficult to get to wrap your brain at 14 years old, to wrap your brain that this is the new world. Mm. And we mm. weren't prepared for it. And yeah. some of us didn't make it. And some of us made it that the lucky ones made it. That had, that was, that had the world to fight. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. parents at that day, because they could obviously feel like, you know, they were missing out on something. They wanted better for their children. Um, and I, and I remember that, you know, I already had children when apartheid ended. And I do remember that when my kids suddenly, um, you know, children of color came into their school. Um, and fortunately, I was able to sort of, because of my upbringing, it, it wasn't a big issue. But I do remember them saying similar things where they were like, we don't know these people. And, and I think so. I think it, 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 everybody felt unsafe because just yeah. as much as you felt unsafe, they felt unsafe because it's this, this weird thing about human beings of being fearful of people who are different to us. Exactly. And then they would fight the ones that are different. Why do you want to fight people that's different? Why yeah. do you want to fight change? Because change brought on a better world, brought us to be free, to do whatever we want to do, whatever we feel like we want to achieve, not what the boss told us to do. Yeah. And also yeah. you'd kind of hope that people would step into that thing of feeling intrigued and curious and going, wow, you different to me. Tell me about your life. Tell me about how, where do you live? How do you grow up? How do you feel? What food do you eat? What languages do you speak? Because, you know, I think if people are more curious of wanting to know about people instead of being fearful of them, because as much as we're talking about color here, I, I often feel that there's a lot of fear even between the different sexes. There's, there's yes. fear, a lot of men fear women, a lot of women fear men because it's, it's once again, it's not having that understanding of 
differences. And I think the one thing that really frustrates me, and, and I often say it to my husband time and time again, I'll say to him, why don't people just talk? Yeah. Why don't well, they just express themselves? <laughs> we we learn just to, we were taught just to listen. Mm. You follow instruction. That's how we were brought up. You follow instruction. You are never the leader. The people that is a higher class than you are the leaders. And that is the, I won't say a mistake because that's what that generation knew. And we were protected from the world because they, uh, my parents protected me from the outside. So yeah. I never knew or I never felt uncomfortable before it was told to me because yeah. it was a normal thing. This is how you act when white people is around. It was, it was our conditioning. So it was, it was something that we get used to. Now you're in a new environment. Now what do you do? What do you say? Mm. How do you act? Because now that my parents taught me one way and now they flipping it around and telling me, no, this is how you need to, this is how you need to act now. So you're so confused. But coming back to what you said, um, I was one of the lucky ones that found a friend that was curious. And um, she was the she was the weird one because she was interacting with us and she was intrigued and asked questions and she became our best friend. To this day, we best friends. And because of her, she changed my life. Mm. And I believe I changed her because she actually made the first step and introduced herself to make, make all of us feel comfortable. Yeah. And like you said, it just... It just one person can change the world by just being kind. Oh, and she oh. showed me kindness at that day, on that, on that day, on this big sports field. And yeah, that changed everything for me. That made me feel like, you know what? The world is different. Yeah. It's not the same as it was before, as was yesterday. Mm, mm. it's different today because i've made a white friend i've never made a white friend before <laughs> now i'm running home excited to tell my parents because it's the biggest thing that has ever happened to me sure. so yeah it it just takes that one person to ignite change and that's yeah. exactly what she did and I think the thing is because obviously um, I remember making a friend myself when was it about 19 whew, 96 97 um, my friend Esme and she was a woman of color and, and she had such a brilliant background um, her mom was an Irish white woman and her dad was a black man and time and time again they would have to as the a couple um, her mom would have to spend time in jail yeah because it's <laughs> legal for them to love each other yeah that, yeah so she would often say well i'll sit in jail instead of her husband um and so esma and her family they were all very fair-skinned they were lighter than than me um because i've always had a really dark complexion and i remember us befriending each other at work one day and her giving me a card at christmas time or something saying thank you for making me feel like a normal human being and i was like what does she mean? Because mm. I, I couldn't understand that. Dead. But I think, I think why I wanted to ask you what it felt like was that 
you know, we see so much going on in the world today and it makes me cry. It makes me angry. It makes me sad. Whenever something comes up of how people are discriminated again um, because of their race, they have racial profiling, you know, the Black Lives Matter campaign. Yeah. And obviously now having a grandson of color as well, um, all of that stuff really matters to me because I want him and everybody else to just feel okay to be human, like you said. And I want people to understand this because I cannot imagine what it must be like feeling that I'm going to be stopped by police or I'm going to be yes. feared because, you, you know, you see all these, these things in the news about the police that are so scared of people just because they have a different color skin. So they know yes. they get trigger happy. Um, you're walking along the side of the road. You, I mean, I saw a very tragic story of a kid getting into his own house because he, he locked himself out. He was living in a, in a predominantly white area and this child being killed because they thought he was breaking, breaking in. in because he, and, and so what I'm saying is that, you know, having that understanding of how utterly awful it must be to look at your body. You've born, you born like that. You weren't, you didn't choose to be yeah. like that. And then you grow up in a, a culture, even like with, you know, the Muslims that are targeted a lot. Um, so you're born like that and suddenly you you this kid the world is your oyster you're in love with life you're curious about life you finding out all sorts of things and then suddenly you're rejected attacked yeah. and treated badly because you look different different yes because your the color of your skin is different but you've also got a heart you've also got two kidneys you've exactly you've got a soul you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird. Um, it has gotten better. It has gotten better. But I think it's because I became emotionally intelligent. And because of EQ, things like that don't bother me as mm -hmm. much. I won't say that it's completely gone, that I don't give a crap about what's going on around me. But it has made me change my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So I won't go into a negative space. I'll always flip it and change it into a positive thing. Um, it's still happening, not in a big scale as it was in the 80s um, and the 90s. But I mean, now it still happens, but not as much. Um, and now it's done subtly instead of in your face. Yeah. And I think, And I think because of... The subtleness, I have to be on guard all the time. And it feels like I can't be myself with anybody because they're being weird towards me without being weird towards me. Mm. So I will always be the brown girl in the ring. It, it doesn't bother me. It's, uh, it's a badge. I wear it with pride because I'm the brown girl and I'm proud of it. And I walk in that. And because I own it, it doesn't faze me. And I don't attract that negative energies towards me anymore. And Not that I'm saying that it doesn't happen. Yeah. But just that, that, little, that little trigger goes off to make me aware, to protect myself. 
Do you think, though, that the more you are, because, I mean, I've watched you over the past past 10 years, obviously, and observed, <laughs> and you, you're a completely different person that I met um, when my son introduced me to you. So, yes. but do you think that you'll ever get to the point where, because I've seen how you've become more accepting, you've become more tolerant, you've become more understanding, the more you develop your empathy, you go, oh, this isn't personal, this is just about their issue, their beliefs, yeah. you know, this is not about me. But do you think that, because, I mean, I remember when you were here two years ago, and you met the rest of the family, my my married family, and, and you walked into the room, and you <laughs> owned it, and you were like, hi, I'm Eve, there was no defense mechanisms, there was no reason to protect yourself, yes. um, and I think, do you, do, would you attribute a lot of that to being you and embracing that and going you know what i love the color of my skin look at these white people with their pale skin they're forever lying <laughs> in the sun because they want dark skin kind of thing <laughs> you know it's about i love myself i accept myself and therefore other people love and accept you Me. yes well. exactly like it just normally back then i used to talk myself into it mm. okay we're gonna go visit some friends and now I know I'm going to be in, in conversation that I don't want to be in, that, that, that I don't find interesting, that might be detrimental to me. So I go in prepping myself. Okay, I'm confident. I can do this. I, it, I love myself. But as I do that more often, it just, I didn't have to do it anymore. Becoming because natural. I, it felt natural yeah, yeah. and I'm like okay fine I'm happy with me and I'm yeah. content with me so yeah yeah 100% <laughs> because your whole face glows and I know that we've come to the end of our time but you know it, it really shows because it, it, I think it's that whole thing about when I love myself first I give permission to other people to love me as well yes and I think when True. we don't love ourselves we walk around with a big chip on our shoulders feeling we've got to defend ourselves you know people are going to attack us they're going to reject us um so they always say that it's an inside job you know everything is an yeah. inside job because what 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 you feel inside comes out on the outside outside yes I mean, people can't help falling in love with you when you in love with you. So I just yeah. want to thank you for, for being open and honest with us and just giving us a little bit of an insight and an understanding of, you know, when we embrace and love and accept everybody as just human beings with their own mm, culture, yes. their own color. And accept it and understand it. It's yeah. okay for you to be different. It's okay for you to look different than me. It's yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So that's all you need to do is just understand if you have a better understanding that everybody's different in the world, you won't treat anybody differently. You will treat everybody the same. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. And do join us next time on another episode of our EQ Daily Show, where we talk about sometimes the really hard topics, as you could um, you know, tuning in today, you, you got a better understanding of living in a different skin color. Um, but at the same time, we all have the same desires. We want the same things in life. We want to feel happy. We want to feel accepted. We want to feel loved. And ultimately, 
that starts within ourselves. So I hope that you have heard something or learned something from today and that you will go and just accept the person you are. Love yourself, embrace yourself, own it, because the minute you do, your life will transform and change and be so much better than you ever thought possible. So from me, Deborah McPhillamy and Eve Kelly and the team at EQ for All, I'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time to hear more about how you can be more EQ.